How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the See Me After Class podcast with uh, John Graham. Oh boy. Oh, you guys are in for a treat. You are. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, I know what everybody's thinking. Jesus Christ, another fucking douche behind a microphone who thinks he can do a show. Just what we all wanted. Thanks, John. Awesome. Tell us what you think about stuff. We're so fucking interested. Well, you certainly sound that way. Audience, I just made up. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Look, I don't really know what I'm doing yet. I'm just starting this out. You know, it might be a cool thing. I might really like it. I might not. It might be a disaster. You might not like it. Who the fuck knows? But, you know, I'm trying it out because it's, you know, it's something that's always appealed to me. I like the form. Um, I'm not a complete noob to the whole thing. I mean... I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and studying them and, you know, how they work and how they project their voices, not in an unnatural way, but just enough to keep people listening. Because it is possible to talk naturally, but so flat that you're, that you just bore an audience to tears. My first couple uh, attempts at recording this sounded like this. Hey everybody, welcome to the John CJG podcast, or see me the See Me After Class podcast. But it just sounds weak sauce right there, because uh, there's a certain energy that's behind the voice that's lacking, and that's you got to have that. So uh, who am I? Who's John? Who's this guy? My name's John Graham. Um, I guess I'm most known for um, my series Arby and the Chief that aired on. Machinima.com, starting in 2008, and uh, the run ended in 2013 in August, and it ran for seven seasons, under Machinima anyway, and I am currently producing an eighth season of the show independently uh, via crowdfunding, paymelots.com, sorry, patreon.com, and uh, on top of that, I've done a number of short films, uh... I'm not so widely recognized for, and just like kind of student film stuff. And then before that, I had made some older uh, machinima series, but uh, none of those things I'm particularly proud of or enjoy talking about. But, you know, it's something I did. Uh, So episode one, um, the podcast is called See Me After Class. So I thought it would be appropriate if I talked about school. And, you know, growing up in school and what it was like for me. And uh, I got to tell you guys, I fucking hated it. I hated it so much. But it's the kind of thing most people, like, once it's over with, they look back on it and they're like, well, you know, I met some of my best friends who are still my friends today. I met them in school, you know, and, and I learned a lot and I got an education, which not everybody is, you know able to have. I mean, that's a big problem with me. Part of me feels really ungrateful, you know, to look back with such disdain on my education when there's kids out there or, you know, who would kill for an education and parents who would kill to give their, their child an education. And, you know, I have it right there in front of me and I hate it. And it's like, you know, you should just be grateful that you that you experienced it, but I don't know, I just can't help feeling really, um, 
ambivalent about it. Like, not a love-hate thing, like a I-guess-it-was-all-right-slash-hate thing. Because it was just too... It felt a little too traumatizing and lasted too long for me to feel like, you know, at some point later in my life, I'm going to go, I'm going to look back and go, you know what, I'm okay with that. That was, that was all right. That was cool. No, it fucking wasn't, man. I hated school. I hated getting up early in the morning. I was an overweight kid growing up, so I got bullied a lot and teased a lot, and I hated that. Um, grew up around a lot of jock types. You know, guys so focused on, like, working out and being the local lay, the local gigolo, you know. So that was annoying. Uh, where did it all start? Kindergarten. I don't think I hated school at that point. I didn't hate it going in. I wasn't against the idea, I don't think. I might have been. Because, you know, it's, it's somewhere you gotta be. That immediately makes it shitty. It's like, oh fuck, I gotta get up for this thing, whatever it is. Who wants to get up for anything? Because you got somewhere to be. I mean, maybe if it's a passion project you want to work on, that's different, but... Like school or, like, meetings and shit. Company meetings. I hated homework. Because after school was over, like, I wake up at, like, 7 to be there for, whatever, 8.30. And then school would be out around 3 or 4. And I'd be like, okay, I served my time today. You had me for, uh, what, 6 hours today? It's enough, right? Can I go home and play fucking video games now, please? But no, it's like, we're going we're gonna to send you home with some work to do. Stick it up your ass, homework. My time is valuable. Everybody's time is valuable. We're all pissing away our youth in here. But no, i got to get this book report done. Go fuck yourself. I pretty much hated every day going to school. Like, all I ever wanted to do was just go the fuck home, power on my Genesis, and play Sonic and Knuckles on my little 12-inch TV that I had with its own little built-in VCR, and I would just watch my favorite shows over and over. That was my shit, man. And to have fucking homework intruding on that? I got a book report for you. My book report is on the book Go Fuck Yourself by John Graham. A plus, John. Well done. This child's too smart for school. Anyway, there's positive aspects about school. I'm not denying that. I mean, there's... There's teachers who work really hard and they're genuinely dedicated to their students and they want them to succeed and do well. But in my experience, the teachers I had, it felt like too much of a mixed bag. Like there was just one too many uh, psychopaths. Like a cookie with raisins in it. You're just like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll pass. Thanks. I had this one teacher in sixth grade and... Um, all the students had their own little cubby hole in the wall in the far corner and um, I'd put my binder in there and um, my binder used to be extremely unorganized but I don't think I was an I don't think I was an unorganized kid I just didn't care enough to organize my school stuff I didn't care about it um, didn't care about getting grades didn't give a shit like, the only concern was not getting yelled at at home because of my grades. Like, if I just kept them consistently okay enough, then I'd be left alone. 
and the school would leave me alone. Like, we're, we're, we're concerned about him. He's getting a D in this class. Oh my god, he's going to be a failure. Parent-teacher meeting now. Anyway, I guess one day my teacher was uh, looking into our cubbies, and he saw my binder. And he saw, like, how stuffed full of loose papers it was. It looked like a nightmare, right, to open. So one day I'm in class, and the teacher looks over at me, and he says, uh, I can't remember exactly how the conversation went down, but he said something along the lines of, like, do you think you're an organized person? I don't know if he used the word organized, but it was in that vein, you know what I mean? And then I said, uh, yeah, I think so. And then I guess that's obviously the answer he wanted, because then he had this attitude of, like, oh, really? Let's see. And then he, like, he didn't say that, but, like, I could tell that that was the vibe I was getting. And then he turned, walked over to where the cubbies were and pulled out my binder and walked uh, back to the front of the class and then um, opened up my binder and started pulling out all the loose papers one by one and tossing them onto the floor. And I, I don't know why I did it. I wish I didn't, but I left my desk and started crawling on the floor trying to pick up the papers that he was pulling out and dropping. And I just remember being so fucking embarrassed and like angry looking back on it. Like one, was that really necessary on his part? Two, that was kind of undignified of me to do that. I should have just, I wish I just sat in my desk and folded my fucking arms and said, you pick him up. You're the one who pulled him out of my binder and threw them down there. Yeah, okay, I had a messy fucking binder. But is this a way to deal with it? That's why I think you gotta be careful with kids, cause like, they remember shit. You don't wanna do something to somebody that traumatizes them that they're gonna remember like 10 years down the line and be angry about, do you? What kind of asshole does that? But at that point I was still under the belief that like, you know, I was a child, they're the adults, and they must know what they're talking about, even if, you know, it seems like they don't. Or it seems like they're behaving irrationally. They're adults, so there must be, like, reason to their... The stupid things that they do. But that's one of the most important things I've learned about life, is that there's no real adulthood. You know, I used to think it was this, you know, distinct line that you would cross in your life at some point. And it's like, once you cross it, it's like, oh, I, under I, I suddenly have a greater understanding of the world and the universe and how it works now, and... You know, I know I'm an adult now. I have the answers. I know what to do. I know how to behave properly. And there's no such fucking thing. I mean, if there is, that line is very fucking far away, and I feel like I might as well wait for a fucking unicorn to land in front of me, you know, that I can climb on, and it'll take me the rest of the way along the track towards that uh, magical land of adulthood, but it's not fucking there, and the unicorn isn't fucking there either. There's nothing. People just grow older and become more and more confused and pretend like they know everything. Nobody actually grows up. Everybody's a fucking man-child. Especially me. I have a lot of childlike qualities that I thought I'd grow out of, but I haven't. Still, all I want to eat is fucking candy. I hate vegetables. Cauliflower, broccoli, they can go fuck themselves. If it's so good for us, why can't it, like, taste good? You know? like chocolate. Why couldn't humanity have been made so that if we eat chocolate, that's the healthy option? Why must I eat a bunch of leaves? 
you know, on a fucking salad or omega-3s or whatever the fuck. You know, if our bodies were designed to work one way, wouldn't it be just as easy to make them work the other way? You know, up in the lab that isn't there, where God assembled us all on the assembly line, threw his fucking work hat on his head and said, okay, let's get, let's get another batch going. Hey, uh, you think we should make humans so they'll live a long time and be healthy if they eat nothing but ice cream? I mean, they... I'm sure they'd like that. No, make them eat salads if they want to live to an acceptable age. But no, salads. I said salads. Fuck salads. Why am I still like this? Why couldn't I grow up? Why can't any of us grow up? Bunch of fucking man babies with our zombie apocalypse survival plans. Who cares? What else did I hate about school? P.E. Fuck me. I remember at the beginning of each class we used to do a 3k run around the whole town. And like all the jock kids would just like, you know, they'd take it so seriously. They'd be sprinting, just like they'd be off. <sighs> and I was just one of the kids who would just walk the entire course. And I had a couple other people who would do it with me, a couple buddies of mine. And we'd just chill and walk the whole way. <laughs> and then finally, by the time we got to the school, you know, the, the jocks had, had already gotten to the, you know, back to the field long before us, and they'd be out playing soccer, whatever bullshit. And they'd be almost done by the time me and the, the people I was with showed up. And, you know, that was great. The less shit I have to do, the better. The less physical exertion. I fucking hated PE. I hated sports. I took swimming lessons. I was almost a lifeguard. Fucking hated that. I think in one of my first classes, some kid pointed and laughed at me because I was fat. And I started crying. What a great start. It was a joy to show up for class in front of those kids after that. Awesome. But I did it. I did the classes. There's like 12 levels, and I took all 12. And then after that, it's like lifeguard training. But that was where I stopped. Like, because I was like, I don't want to be a lifeguard. I don't give a fuck about this. I don't even want to be in the goddamn pool. I hate this shit. I hate flailing around in the fucking water. This sucks. But I got good at it. And, you know, I have that training now. So, you know, that is one thing where I look back on it and it's like, well, I'm glad I did do that as painful as it was because, you know, now if, if I see somebody in danger in the water or, some, or something drowning, I could potentially save them because I know how to swim properly. I mean, I might be a little bit rusty. I haven't done it in a while. But, you know, I think I'd probably make a better job of saving somebody than most. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with toys. Like, as soon as we went into a department store, like, I made a beeline for the toy department. And I would just look at all the action figures, like, oh, that's cool, whoa. Like, I genuinely loved that shit. That was, like, the highlight of my week, doing that kind of thing. Just looking at the toys in the toy aisle, looking at all the Lego sets. And I still do that. I still wander the toy aisles every time I go into a department store and I'm passing the toy section. Because I'm like, I still think this is cool. I want to know what the kids are playing with. I want to know what's cool now. And it's changed, man. There's like Call of Duty Lego. Like, what the fuck? I didn't think I'd see that. Or is it or is it Mega Bloks? I don't know if, if it's Lego or whatever. One of them has the Call of Duty, like, license. And it's like, that's a violent-ass fucking video game. And this is like... There's Lego... Whatever Mega Bloks. Call of Duty... Like, isn't that a mature-rated game? I don't know. I guess nobody cares anymore. Like, 
Everybody's so desensitized to violence and whatever. I'm not the kind of person to make a big deal about exposing children to, like, violent content, by the way. One of my earliest recollections of cinema was catching glimpses of train spotting. Like, train spotting is my earliest memory of a movie. And that's a pretty hardcore movie in terms of content. It's a lot for a kid to take in, but I took it in. I saw the sex scenes and I didn't understand them, but I was, like, fascinated. I watched the scenes with the drug abuse and all that. It got me thinking. It got me asking questions. It didn't make me want to go out and do the drugs or whatever. It just made me think, like, oh, people behave like that. That's interesting. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I like to think moments like that in my life, they helped me become a more critical thinker and they made me... They gave me valuable insight into human behavior and, you know, what people do when they're desperate and, you know, the, the cruelty that they're capable of inflicting on one another. I thought that was important. I think that is important stuff to learn as a kid. Like, do you want to learn that stuff as a kid or do you want to learn it as an adult, you know, in a realm where other adults will think like, oh, he must know about that shit already. And then they discover you don't, and then they all point and laugh at you and beat you up. Ha ha, he doesn't know this thing. There was a point in my childhood where I genuinely believed that women pooped out babies from their asses. That's stupid. But I thought, like, what's the alternative? And then I heard about vaginas, and I was like, oh. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> Back on the topic of school... There was very few things I liked about school, but one of the things that I did like was the computer labs. I loved chilling in the computer labs. I loved using the computers. I have very fond recollections of using those old-ass Macintosh computers that had, like, Oregon Trail on it, playing that shit. Like, that's strong nostalgia to, to, to think back on that, those kinds of things. And, you know, that was in, like, grade two or whatever. And then when I was in elementary school, you know, it was IMAX. Those were the new thing. Those had just come out. And so the lab had IMAX, and uh, I loved going on there and browsing the web when I should have been doing homework or studying. And sometimes you'd find, like, sophisticated software on there that the, the students of higher grades were, were using, and they, you know, would install on the computers to use. But then, you know, you would have access to the computer at lunch, or, or, you know, I did, you know, at a much younger level, uh, lower grade. And I'd be playing around with the software and looking at, looking at it all like, oh, what does this do? What does this do? And I remember one day I, I walked into the computer lab and I saw, I think I was in grade five, and these, like, I guess seventh or eighth graders were occupying the computers in the lab. And they were making, they were using some kind of software to make, like, stick figure animations with, like, speech bubbles and stuff, and they were animating it frame by frame. And I got so fucking excited. I was like, oh, this is cool. I love, like, that's where I was going when I initially mentioned, when I was talking about toys and stuff. Like, I would always be playing with action figures and staging little, like, recreating scenes from my favorite movies and stuff, and, you know, throwing a action figures through, like, walls like crude walls that you'd build out of like lego or whatever's lying around tissue boxes and make them like smash through stuff and like building my own narratives 
and like getting excited about them. And even back way back then, my my storytelling, you know, ability was coming out there, because like I would do, I would stage those scenes with action figures in a particular dramatic order. Like, I had success. I didn't know how to articulate it, but I had comprehended the idea that a minimum of two scenes in film as a whole could have a much different effect depending on what order they were displayed in. Like, it, it was significant, like, you know, which which one you see first and which one you see second. And not not just, I mean, I'm just using a binary example, but for, like, a film as a whole, the order of all the scenes is hugely significant. And I understood that about film. I understood that about the, the movies that I liked. And I would, I would, I would recreate that with, like, toys and shit. And so, like, I knew, I knew from a very early age that I had this love of storytelling, and, and it's something that really excited me, and I wanted to do, and I was enthusiastic about it, and I wanted to make stuff and hear what people thought about it. Actually, I don't know if that last part is true at that point. Like, that was something I learned to appreciate later on was criticism. But at that point, um, I just wanted to make stuff. I just wanted to tell stories and stuff. Like, I can do this. This is... Like, when, when I was in that computer lab and I saw all these, like, 8th graders or whatever playing with this animation software, I was like, this is awesome, can I do this? And I remember, like, the teacher of the class was like, no, no, this is for the 8th graders only. Like, you, you, can't, you can't use this software yet. Because I guess, like, oh, I'm, I'm X age, so I must not be able to get a handle on this, this software. Like, fuck off, let me use it. I can I can make something. Come on. This is cool. Let let me do this. But I wasn't allowed cuz I think like you had to like the animation software was made available only to certain accounts that you signed in with. So like only only students of those higher grades, only their accounts would be enabled to access this like animation software. And like you when I would log it when I would log into the computers, it wouldn't be there, right? I'm like, this is such bullshit. This is like, this, this is like the first cool thing that I've seen in school, and I can't even fucking take advantage of it. Like, only the eighth graders can make fucking retarded stick figure animations. Just let me do it, you cunts. God, that pissed me off that I couldn't like, that I had to wait until I was. Well, you have to be in eighth grade to use this software. This is very sophisticated software. Yeah, so sophisticated, fucking stupid stick figure animations. Like, I knew it was stupid, but I still wanted to do it. I was so jealous. Because I, I remember a big thing in school around that time was, like, stick death. Like, everybody would go into the computer lab in lunch hour, or sometimes during class, you just, like, go onto the web, load up stickdeath.com, and just watch all these flash animations of, like, you know stick figures beating the shit out of each other, you know, super gory, lots of blood. So once I was able to use that software, like, that was a stepping stone for me, because, like, from then on, I, I found out about um, Macromedia Flash, uh, which is now Adobe Flash, but it used to be Macromedia that, that owned it. And I was big into, like, Newgrounds at the time, and I was always checking out the portal, seeing what was new. I had artists on Newgrounds that I would follow, those are all fond memories, man. So then I was in intermediate school, and um, it just got worse as it went along, you know, because 
everybody around you grows bigger and stronger and better at everything than you and their bodies are raging with fucking hormones. Everybody was getting laid and I wasn't. And that pissed me off. I hated that I wasn't cool enough to get laid. Girls did like me, but I was like, you know, the cute one, like a turtle. But not even like attractive cute because I was fat as fuck. It was just like, oh, he's so nice. He's such a nice guy. That was me. I remember I got in trouble one day during lunch out in the field by, I don't know, I guess we called them duties. Not D-O-O-D-Y, but D-U-T-Y as in like, they were kind of like playground security. They were like adults who would stand around the playground and watch, you know, make sure the kids were all right and played nice and shit like that. And I remember one of them threw a shit fit and I got in trouble with him for playing around with a paper bag that was flying around in the wind. Like, I don't know why, but I was just having fun chasing this thing around. And like this duty had to make such a big stink about it. And it's like, you, you throw that in the trash. You don't play with that. Who gives a shit? I'm trying to have fun out here. I found some fun, miraculously, like finding kryptonite or fucking Jesus Christ. You know, not a lot of fun happens around here. When it comes along, you, you know, take advantage of it. You're going to rip fun from a child over a fucking paper bag? And Are you kidding me? School life was riddled with bullshit like that, you know what I mean? Just like watching adults getting worked up over such nonsense, like over things that I wouldn't get worked up over that seemed, ironically, childish to get worked up over. And it's like, who really is the adult here? Like, is anybody really an adult? And you know that thing I talked before where there's... I talked about before where there's no such thing as adulthood. I think I was like... I was... I was finding these nuggets, these clues. I didn't I didn't fully comprehend the idea yet, but like in my subconscious it was like the theory was building in the background, you know what I mean? Maybe these adults are not all they're cracked up to be. You know? Like why are these people telling me what to do? These people who get worked up over fucking nothing. These are the adults? These are the authority figures? I had a big authority figure I had a problem with authority. I didn't like it. I mean, I, I got nothing wrong with leadership and taking orders that make sense, but, like, I hate people who abuse power. That's a big thing with me. Like, if you have influence over people, you have a responsibility to not be a shithead. Be an example. Be a guiding figure. Don't fucking be a cunt because you get paid more. You get paid, you, you know... And you can give orders and people will take them. Like, and people have to do you, what you say. That's not a free pass to be a fucking asshole. Because you know what that does? It just repeats itself. You shit on people under you. And then when they get to that position of power, they were like, well, I suffered to get here. So, you know, I guess it's just part of the process. I have to inflict pain on the people under me now. No. You fucking retards. So, yeah, you know, I wasn't the happiest kid at school. And, you know, I'm a grumpy fuck. I realize that. I'm cynical. I'm more of a pessimist than I should be. I lack faith in people, I guess, in general, as a species. And then high school came along, and that was just a fucking nightmare, you know. As it is for most people. Unless you were one of the jocks. In which case, you were worshipped, and the, the chicks were into you, and you got all the party invites, or you were hosting the parties. 
And, you know, I was one of the weird kids who was lucky to get invited to stuff. And eventually I stopped giving a shit. It's like, I don't have to impress you fuckers. I'm cool. I can be cool. Other kids like me, they can be cool too. Even if we're quiet and we spend our entire fucking lunch hours in the computer lab because we're so because we're so cripplingly socially insecure we still feel things we still know things we got we've got stuff to say we're smart high school is a big turning point for me because before then like i was still like shopping for cool clothes to look cool so like chicks might think i was hot but it never worked because women are smart, you know, they, they have very finely tuned bullshit detectors. They know, they know an alpha male when they see one, and they know a beta male when they see one, and I was very much a beta male. I didn't try, I tried not to be, but like, I don't know, that's just the way I came across. And that's another thing I learned, that is that anybody can be an alpha male. It's more of a state of mind. It's not really about, I mean, part of it is your physicality, but even if your positive attributes in that respect are lacking there are ways you can make up for it like you can exceed in other areas and be just as alpha as another alpha male who might you know be better off physically like you might be fucking jacked p90xing but yeah i stopped caring i stopped trying to be another person and i started trying to be myself and i think that's when like a select few girls started to like show some interest in me and that's when I learned, like, oh, there's something to this. They like that when we're not, they don't care. Like, we don't care about what, what other people think of us when we try to be our own person. Like, there's strength in that, and they're attracted to that strength, that confidence, right? But even so, nothing ever really came of it. I never put myself out there. I was always very much in my own head, like, thinking up cool stories and stuff and things to write about. This was way before Arby and the Chief. This was just like other... Like, I had been writing content, like, for myself. But at the time, I had no means of getting it to other people. And, you know, like, across the internet, for for example. And I was too insecure to, like, hand my work to people I knew, like, friends and family, and to hear what they think, because I was just, like, scared of what people thought. So I'd write this stuff, and then it wouldn't really be seen by anybody. And I'm like, this isn't right. So, you know, thank God for the internet. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really, I feel really lucky to have been born in a time before the internet. I'm happy that I remember what life was like before the internet was a thing. Because that was such a significant milestone in the development of society, you know? To, to finally have that level of internet interconnectivity between everybody in the world crazy you know before then it was just like phone calls and even then you'd only really make phone calls to people that were local like every town that people lived in was its own little bubble but now thanks to the internet the bubble has grown to the size of the world like you know the smallest voice from the furthest corner in the world can all of a sudden be heard now by everybody you know, and have it shared a million times over Facebook and Twitter, like, overnight. Such a significant tentpole moment in the development of society like that. I think it stands to reason that people born after that must have 
a significantly altered perception of life compared to people who were born without that luxury. I think this is why millennials get so much flack. You know, everyone says they're a bunch of entitled douches or whatever the argument is. I'm not quite sure. I just know millennials are kind of getting shit on. But you know, it's not their fault. The internet came into existence and then they were born. That's just the way it is. I don't know. I think I just think there's value in having that extra sense of perspective. You know, being familiar with a world that didn't have that level of interconnectivity yet. Like basically the the boundaries of the town was the boundaries of your universe. And everything beyond that was like, you know, hearsay. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? And then not knowing much and then not knowing much more about it beyond then because, you know, you couldn't there's no Wikipedia to go to, like, oh, what's this about? Type in a search. Google it. Nope. Nothing. <laughs>